0: entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business. I have to say I've just got back from a couple of weeks in Spain and it's the first time I've been away. First time I've been on a plane for over a year and it feels Awesome. So just saying that, not to rub it into all of you out there who are stuck still in lockdown, I totally get where you're at. Uh, We've all been through that pain and struggle for the last 18 months or so. But just to give you a sense of optimism that the world is certainly opening back up. And, you know, it's really great. And I can certainly appreciate the things that get taken away from you when something like, A pandemic, or you know what, we've all gone through over this, this period of time, has done so. I'm incredibly grateful to be able to have gotten away with the family and had an awesome time. So, today we are going to be talking to Sam Harris. Now, Sam Harris has a fascinating podcast, it's called the Growth Mindset Podcast. And today we're having a fireside chat and we're going to talk about all things mindset, uh, the difficulties that you have with starting a business, how you overcome those things. And I've said, I think from the outset of this podcast, that mindset is the game when it comes to business and having a growth mindset, having the belief that you can achieve things, you can learn things, you can change the. Current situation you're in, your trajectory is such an important part to business success, and it's a crucial part of scale-up success. So Sam and I are going to get into that today and just riff back and forth our perspectives on startup to scale up mindset in general and all those sort of things. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of that conversation. Now, just as a quick intro to Sam, as I said, he is the host of the Growth Mindset podcast. He's had over a million downloads. It's a very, very popular podcast around the world. He's also the co-founder and the CEO of Syncify.fm, which is a social podcast app. He has done some crazy stuff, like he has climbed some of the world's most dangerous mountains. He's apparently nearly died a few times, I think. (laughs) we get into that a little bit today. He's a TEDx speaker, a stand-up comedian, and really just a great guy full of ideas and full of creativity. So there you have it. Uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Before we kick that off, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, If you have not yet joined the Scale Up Your Business community on Facebook, I suggest that you do so right now Pause Pause this and go and join the community. you just got to go and search for me and the Scale Up Your Business community on Facebook. It's free to join. The reason I say that is the community is 4,000 and growing strong now. And we've got some big announcements, uh, stuff we're doing, different interviews that I've got coming, uh, opportunities for you guys to participate in more of the programs that we have. All of those announcements are going to be made in the community over the next few weeks. In fact, as we head towards September, uh, we've got a whole heap of stuff happening over those two or three months, um, which I think you want to know about. So yeah, absolutely go to Facebook and look up the scale up your business community and join us there. Alrighty, there we have it. A fireside chat with Sam Harris. Enjoy the show. Hi everybody, Nick Bradley here. Welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Uh, It's another fireside chat and I have my good friend, fellow podcaster Sam Harris joining me and he's going to be releasing this on his fantastic podcast as, as well. So Sam, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Nick. And I guess, welcome to the show. Another episode of the growth mindset podcast we have going on here. I'm very pleased to welcome Nick Bradley (laughs) to the episode. And yeah,
0: it is funny, isn't it? You do this, but you know what? I I like these, these ones because like, as I said, we can kind of riff back and forward on a, on a couple of topics. Yeah, definitely. It's,
1: it's nice.
0: Yeah. And people get to learn you on, on, on my show and vice versa. And, you know, we don't have to make it overly formal, Mm. which I, you know, there's no fire uh it's relatively nice weather here in the uk <laughs> as we do this yeah and we're probably how many miles away from each other probably about 300 yeah well i'm <laughs> so in
1: cornwall now actually so maybe a bit more oh no no, no that's yeah, not right i've messed that up yeah probably about 300
0: exactly Exactly. So let's let's um, kick <laughs> off with how we met. I think that's probably a good place to start, isn't it? And then we can talk about some different things today. Yeah. So I reckon I, I, I found your podcast, the um, the Growth Mindset podcast first, because I love talking about mindset on the show, and I'm sure we'll cover a lot of that today. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that was it, wasn't it? And then we met up in London um, hmm. once and had a bit of a chat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, this nice guy reached out to me. It was I think your podcast was, I think you're on like the 20th, 30th episode by then. It was like, it was a bit of a newer thing for you. And, um, now, yeah, it was smashing it. I mean, you were growing quite well at the time, but I think you've, uh, really, uh, good job.
0: It's grown a lot since, um, yeah, I'm up to 170 episodes now. And um, I do two a week so um, and have been doing that consistently, particularly this last 12 months with, with the whole COVID thing. I put more content out there. But the thing that made the biggest difference um, for me, Sam, was um, guesting on other people's podcasts, but doing that, not just randomly, doing it in a, in a kind of very um, systemized way. Mm. So I've now been on, I think it's just coming up to 90 podcasts, mainly in the US uh, in the last 12 months alone. And that has tripled the listenership of Scale Up Your Business. Wow! Yeah, so that a lot of time to do that, but but we're now doing anywhere between twenty five thousand to thirty thousand downloads per month. Nice, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I didn't do a lot, but I've just been running the show for a lot longer, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, like, that's actually what I've been doing over the past month or so, is a lot more guesting. And interestingly, came up in a conversation I had yesterday on a guesting um, uh, episode that I did, which was a fireside dish chat like this. Uh, the guy runs an agency for booking guestings and things. And um, okay. he was also thinking about like maybe turning it into a platform, so and so we actually end up having a bit of discussion around like what I'm doing with Syncify which is like a social community for podcasting where you can like find friends and sort of listen to the same things and give each other recommendations and like the hosts can claim their profiles and connect with their audiences but he also wants to add a layer which is something we've been thinking about of letting you sort of say as a host that you are accepting guests and as a person as a listener you can kind of fill in your profile a bit more and like see who's accepting guests and like uh, apply to like different podcasts to be on them and just turn that into sort of a bit of a matching platform at the same time, which we may end up doing because it it certainly really helps. And there's podcasters. It's just such a good way to go about growing a show. It's just connecting with other podcasters and sort of featuring each other and, and making good uh,
0: content. And you've got to, I think, you've got to do it the right way as well. I mean, I um the last certainly the last four months. In fact, the the whole of this year, really, um, I've doubled down on Clubhouse. So I've got 45, I think, 44,000 followers there now. And from that has opened up incredible guest opportunities. So Grant Cardone last week, um, Jesse Itzler, who owns the Atlanta Hawks NBA team, we've got him coming up very soon. Um, But, you know, it's all come from standing on stage in Clubhouse. So back to sort of, you know, social media apps and, and connections and all those sort of things you know, game changing. If you get prepared to put the time into it. Mm. The one thing I would say though, is there are a lot of bookers out there yeah. who are, you know, obviously it's a business, but the problem is they try, they sometimes try to kind of come on my show or put people on the show and they just want it to be like some sort of infomercial. Right. I don't mind people promoting their stuff. Like we all do that. Yeah. It's absolutely cool. Uh, it's so
1: annoying. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels, it just feels so soul You just get these like, Yeah. So many emails to my show, would just be like, "Oh, this person's great. Like to do that." And they're just trying to sell a book or um, their business. I know. Well,
0: different. I had one of the ones I had the other day, which which re- was really just. I, I get why they do it, but it was like they dictated in bullet points. This is what you will do. <laughs> I right? yeah, like, yeah. was like, and the person they were promoting. I didn't even the person they were promoting wasn't like it wasn't like it was Gary Vaynerchuk coming on. Which, if they did that, I might listen. But it was some guy I'd never heard of, and it was like, and you will promote this, and you will do this, and there'll be a link, and there's affiliates. Oh wow! And I just said, I don't. Know. I know. I said, I don't do it. I don't touch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No chance. Crazy. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, so you, you started, as you said, we said, we met and your, your show, your program has been going longer than mine, but the growth mindset podcast, let's kick off there. Cause I think, you know, the thing that connected us, I think was this, this real interest and curiosity around mindset mm-hmm. and, and, you know, kind of how important that is in business, in life and that sort of thing. So wh- why did you start the growth mindset podcast what was the what was the kind of origin of that i think
1: i just got quite into mindsets and obviously you know the Growth mindset book and stuff and i just i did a bit of coaching when i was younger and realized that most of the success wasn't like any specific piece of knowledge that i imparted onto people like this is how you do x or something it was more the mindsets of like and the beliefs of that they could like work for something. So, I mean, I was coaching one girl who was just, like, this a really crap college where like everyone just got like D's or like lower. And um, I think she was in like a biology class where there's only three, three other students. And she was the only one that even managed to get D's. Everyone else was just completely failing. And I, I didn't actually have that many sessions with her to really sort of teach her her whole biology course, but I just kind of put it in her mind like the mindset that actually she could get A's and she could do really well and like just the sort of style of work that she needed to like take herself seriously on doing and it just kind of changed the way she approached it and then she got like A stars in all of her A levels got like a funded scholarship to go to uni and stuff and I was like what the shit how did (laughs) and it's just so weird that she went from having like no faith in herself to like being this doing so well just from like her changes in mindset and like from that I was like okay there's so much people can do when they just like believe in themselves better and like just approach like the way they're doing things with better mindsets. So um, I kind of wanted to learn more about them. I wanted to have reasons to talk to cool people about them and like share that information and and help people. So that's kind of what really kicked me off into it.
0: Yeah, interesting. And and what about you personally, though? Did you go, did you have to sort of go through anything in your say life or business or career, whatever that kind of had to get you thinking more about how you show up, how you think about things?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, well, once I then started the podcast, I got a lot better at these things. But even when I was younger, I think I always had the attitude of um, curiosity and, like, being outside of my comfort zone was always something that I enjoyed. And I think I started to realise like there were things that were obviously outside of my comfort zone and things that I didn't even kind of realize I could do. So like, for example, when I was learning to ski is, like, I kind of think I started when I was 16, but I just always make sure that I fell over at least like every half a day. And if I hadn't, I hadn't pushed myself hard enough. And then I just improved so fast that like my friends have been skiing for ages. I was better than them, like within two weeks. And it was just like, that was really cool. to I'd like, be pushing myself with the comfort zones there doing scary things. But then things like, stuff that I just thought were fundamentally a part of me, like being scared of speaking and um, being on stage and that kind of stuff, I I kind of realized was just another thing that I could push and I could step outside of my comfort zones in like smaller ways and like slowly grow that and then start a podcast and then start doing like bigger speeches and things. And so like last year I ended up doing like a Ted speech and I went into stand-up comedy and things. And that's like, so far from like the 16 year old me who literally uh pretended to have lost his notes during a speech so I could just sit down early during my GCSEs because I just couldn't like handle being on stage at all kind of thing and
0: um did anyone but did anyone influence you I suppose is is the question here in terms of (laughs) leaning because a lot of people don't know how to do that they don't they don't just wake up one day and realize and say they they're going to do do hard things right because they realize growth sits through that usually you have someone you know open that up in you awaken that in you um
1: I think I mean I've been inspired by quite a few different people in different areas I think my parents taught me that I had to, the responsibility for my success was completely on me when I had like a lot of friends that would maybe get like 50 pounds for an A or something and I was like oh so parents like Maybe I could, like, add some money from you guys and propose to them, like, oh, maybe there could be some kind of system if I do well in my exams or something. And it just sort of let my dad literally stop the car, turn around and said to me, like, Sam, like, this is on you. This is your life. If you get A's, like, this is going to benefit the rest of your life. And so that did definitely make me realise that I kind of had to work for everything and change the way I think about things. And did install in me like even like because i was really bad at english that i even like i had the power to like do better in that without just sort of like sitting back and um just yeah being comfortable with where i was at rather than thinking that i could do things that were more difficult um yeah to okay
0: think. i got it it's, it's funny because, yeah. like, you know, you've done, you've done some pretty, pretty out there stuff, right? So you've climbed mountains, dangerous mountains. Yeah. <laughs> you've nearly died a few times. Obviously speaking on stage is difficult in its own right. You know, I, I've got better over time. I certainly wasn't great when I was at school. Uh, but stand up comedy, man, that like, that's something that still scares me to this day. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. That, that concept of like, you know, you're just not funny, right? Um, mm. well, not you, but the the concept of not being funny. Um. So, so why? And and obviously, like, you know, you're you, you're kind of doing ultra marathons now. We were talking about that. We have that connection, which is which is similar. Mm. So there must be a, a a sort of belief in you, Sam, which is you know, doing hard things makes you grow. Is there a vision behind that? Is there like a, I'm not going to say an end game, but is there a, you know, you're trying to improve yourself every day type of um, uh, mentality?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, I think it's partly, it's a mix of like curiosity, perhaps that I just get quite easily bored and I don't like doing things that are easy. If I know I can do something, it's already kind of boring, if that makes sense and so that has always pushed me to do other things so i haven't been very employable in that if you want me to stick <laughs> and just do the same job and be good at something it's not that interesting i'd rather be like oh well i can do product management how come i can go into that growth or i can do marketing where i have no idea what i'm doing and it's not too good for being fixed in like a normal job role where entrepreneurship and just throwing yourself in the deep end where you have no idea what's going on and you're just having to work it out is is where i feel much more comfortable because i don't know why i've just always learned that I, whenever i'm doing something that i'm not quite good enough to do i quickly get there and so that's where i really like being is somewhere i am learning as fast as possible because they like there's just like a fire and your ass to actually force you to do those things so that's always been a bit of um like an outlook that i've had i guess and i guess i'd be interested to see with you because you've certainly done like a lot of interesting things yourself and it was that like maybe why you went into ultramarathons and sort of like the buying and selling businesses that you do which is pretty cool in like an area that I actually kind of I'm not too aware of and I'm still would love to know a bit more about how you do that because Currently, I kind of you start a business and so you can own it and <laughs> stuff, but just like using leverage to buy different businesses and scale them up is like still like blows my brains a bit. And I've been listening to your podcast and it's great. And I still feel a bit like,
0: yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah. Well, listen, I think with everything else that you've done, Sam, you'd actually take to it like you know pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, I'm, I suppose, um, you know, what's interesting about what you said about you know um, comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's obviously one of your values, right? Um, for me, it's kind of similar with a, with, a, with a bit of a nuance. So, I I do believe in growth, um, and I and I do get bored easily with certain things. But I also love uh, the concepts of precision and focus and leverage. Um, I'm probably a bit impatient, right? I'm not I'm not great at the kind of enjoying the journey sort of thing. I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was better at that. But if I set my mind on something. I want to get there yesterday, and I've I've had to I've had to slow down a lot, or teach myself to slow down um, to to appreciate things in a way that I think will probably make me happier. So 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 I'm I'm pretty comfortable like in terms of how I feel about stuff, but I'm also quite restless. Is probably the the thing around it. So ultra marathons. The reason I started doing long endurance athletic events was because it was the only time, certainly when I started doing it over a decade ago, even longer that I actually felt present because now you've done a a few, Mm. there's a point in in an ultra marathon where it's kind of hard to think about anything else for a while. (laughs) You're sort of just there and everything's really intensified, right? You know, everything kind of hurts and all that. And then there's a point in an ultra marathon where you have to kind of almost meditate while you're running, Right. It's uh, it's a really, it's hard to explain to people when you <laughs> unless you've done it, but you, you have to, you know, your, your, your mind, you learn a lot about yourself and, and your capabilities. But I started doing that because it, it gave me presence. It gave me a feeling of, of being kind of like in the moment. Otherwise I was trying to look too far forward all the time. So it kind of slowed me down just simply because of the, the sheer hardness of it. And then in, into the buying something businesses back to my point around leverage there are a lot of people think that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to start a business, right? And, and to some extent people think the definition of entrepreneurship is something like that. Right. And I I do believe that you, you should start a business at some point in your life. I think everyone should have the experience uh, sort of like a rite of passage to do that, particularly if you're like what we've described a a bit, sort of, you know, don't want to do what everyone else does, you know, challenge things a bit. But the reason I focus on acquisitions is I call it, and it's not my title, but it's a kind of term for it is what I call acquisition entrepreneurship. So if you want to become an entrepreneur, but you don't want to start a business, you want to buy a good profitable business that has foundations in place, and you simply have to optimize, improve. Then if the outcome that you're looking for is freedom, financial freedom, uh, wealth, Uh, ability to do what you want with whoever you want whenever all that sort of thing if that's your outcome if that's your result you can do it much more quickly and precisely through acquisitions uh, particularly now than what you can through startup that's my experience of it
1: yeah it does sound so far from like you're talking about experiences that like that happens Um, but it's still yeah both my brains a little bit
0: Um, I probably make it sound easy, Sam, but I have done this for a long time, but like, you know, you know, I I bet you're, you know, you're a good podcaster now, right. And you're a great speaker and all that sort of stuff. I bet when you first started, you were pretty average.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Same with, same with buying businesses. Mm. Like in the beginning, it looks overwhelming. It looks hard. How do I do this? But you know what? It's actually really simple. Yeah, (laughs) you Just got to learn it. Once you learn it, then, then applying it is a mindset thing. It's a heap of mindset in acquisitions, huge Mm. amount. And uh, then you just got to, you know, stay focused and execute. I
1: guess it's one of those things that, like, you're always a bit suspicious. Like, in terms of, like, if you're buying a car, like, directly from someone, you're always like, "Oh, is it actually I've got like a bit of a raffle that isn't always there?" And maybe once I've got it and I use it, like, there's problems with it. It's why is this person selling their business? <laughs> is there like some fundamental flaws because they know the market better and it's about to like go tits up or something? Or is it actually that like they're about to like move house and they just want to go do something else with their life? And I just feel like I'd always be like a bit worried of like how I'd really know if the fundamentals of the business were correct or not.
0: Yeah. And but, but again, back to what I said, part of that's mindset and, mm. and belief systems, right? Um, you know, and but the thing is the way that I do it and the way that I teach it is that it's it's a structured system. So so when you're going through the process of finding deals. First and foremost, you're looking for deals that meet your specification first. So you know the industries that you want to you you want to have a business in, geography, all those sort of things. So first, you're I often say to people if they want to get into this game, buy a business that you know something about the industry. You don't have to be an expert, but at least you understand what the business does, right? That's the first thing. Then you go through a process of deal sourcing, and I advise people to buy businesses off people who are retiring, so in their 60s or 70s, and there's two reasons for that. One is, you know why they're do- why they're selling it, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They just don't want to spend another 10 years in a business they've spent 30 years in. And quite often they haven't got a succession plan. So there isn't really anyone that the business is going to go to. So the next obvious choice for that that business owner is to close it. So that means you're going to get the business at a very, very good price. The other point is that these people, not everyone, but, you know, if you and I were selling a business now being a bit younger, the money's important, right? A lot of people when they're in their, in their late sixties, early seventies, they've made quite a bit of money. And actually the most important thing for them is enjoying time. Mm. So they're not necessarily trying to get a massive valuation. And then the last piece, which is probably the most interesting for, again, people like like you and us and, and, you know, you know, who understand things like social media, digital marketing, even a website. I mean, I buy businesses, Sam, that haven't got websites, and you wow. speak to the seventy-five-year-old owner and they go, "I don't need a website." I, 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 I have, I have a person put pamphlets in, you know, everyone's letterboxes around the local area, and so all of a sudden, you, 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 go and get a basic web website, right? Get one on Wix or something, and, um, and you know, start to do a little bit of like facebook advertising in your local area and you can double or triple the business really quickly but it's already been built on solid foundation so that's why it's it's a compelling opportunity versus starting something which hasn't got a proven market hasn't got a proven set of you know customers recurring revenue all of those risky things that if you get them right it's great but you've got to build all that from scratch which is a lot of hard work yeah that
1: does sound much more sensible than just starting a business because of it's always a bit of a, a gamble. Just a different really. way of doing it. Yeah, it's a
0: different way of doing it. You know, and, and I and I people ask me this all the time. Say, oh, you know, I want to, I want to be more entrepreneurial. Should I start a business or should I buy an existing one? And I don't say I'm very, I very much lean to the acquisition side because that's what I do. But I don't push that on anybody. I say, listen, if you really want to be the the startup, you know, person, go and do it. You know, and you might be super successful, but just realize that there are other options out there for you as well.
1: And then, so what about? the financing of them buying a business because of you know you can be a uni student in your room at home um and start a a company with nothing and there's no no barriers to entry now but how do you buy a business if
0: okay yeah so i'll back to the point i mentioned beforehand about the very specific type of person i'm looking to buy a business from the reason for that, and the statistics are out there, it's, it's all over Forbes magazine at the moment. They're talking about this being the best time in history to buy an existing business. There's 10,000 baby boomers retiring every single day in North America, but that's a global um, trend. So you've got more people retiring over retirement age that have these great businesses. So back to my point I said beforehand, you can get these things for very, very little money. Um, because, because of the psychology is like, I just, they just don't want the business anymore. I've never been given a business, but I know people who have been given a business and I'm not talking about a business that's distressed and, and losing money. I'm talking about that's making, you know, hundreds of thousands of profit per year given like no, no money changes hands other than legal fees and things like that. Right. Yeah. But the way that I recommend it is you do what is called, um, leverage buyouts so you're leveraging the assets in the business to pay for the business and what that's like is if you have a mortgage on a house you get to live in that house you get to enjoy that house for like 25 30 years before you actually own it because you're paying it back every single month to the mortgage lender to the bank so what i i often advise people to do is first and foremost let's say a business is worth uh pounds just to, just as a round number so you look at that and go okay well let's say that's three times the profit. so for round numbers again let's say the profits about 150 160 grand a year i'm going to pay you three times that for the business so that's you know around about 500,000 pounds and then i look at the business and go okay i've got 160,000 of profit per year and i can grow that but i'm just going to look at what it's currently making i'm going to look at the assets in the business and that's things like sometimes it's property, but it can be receivables. That's where people have, you know, you know, have to pay you, but they haven't paid you yet. So it's it's kind of like a it's a it's a very liquid form of, of of asset, and you can go and get finance against the receivables list. So you can get that finance, so you get a loan, debt loan, and you pay that back over ten years. Okay, then you agree, and this is what I recommend: you agree with the seller that you are going to do what we call deferred payments or seller financing. So you're going to pay, this sounds really, this is crazy. This will blow your mind. You're going to pay the business owner back, usually over a three to four year period from the profits of the business that you're buying from from them. And the deals that I do, I normally do about 50% of the asking price. So back to my example, if the price of the business is 500 grand, I normally um, agree 250 grand over three to four years that I'm going to pay back as deferred payments. So if you think about this, the business is doing 160 grand a year. I'm going to be paying back, let's say, 60 or 70 grand a year in deferred payments plus a small amount back in asset finance, then I'm still going to be having an existing business that's going to be giving me 50 grand a year after I've paid back all those other liabilities and I've only had to put in uh, a certain amount of money to get the legal fees, the accountancy fees done. Yeah. So you can buy a business for 10, 20 grand that's worth half a million of your own cash. Nice. That makes sense. Like that that. Makes, that <laughs> makes
1: perfect sense. It sounds a bit like almost too good to be true. Kind of like the like, like the uh, things you hear about, like just, like flipping houses all the time and it's like a bit oversalesy about it. And I like, actually, it's in the fundamental business, but <laughs> I'm like, well, it doesn't Easily happen. Do it's already. not. It's easy. not easy. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I'll be really clear. It's um. It's not like you know. You're just going to call up the first person that you know down the road who's got a business, and suddenly you're going to get this amazing deal. I normally have twenty to thirty deals in process at any one time to close one to two. So, so you've got to think of it like any sort of sales funnel, but. But the opportunities are out there. I mean, I had a, a person who worked with me and they literally finished a program I was running. They found the, the business they now own within the first six days and they completed the deal within six weeks. And they put 22,000 pounds of their own money into that business, which was which was worth about 440,000 pounds. Wow. True story. Yep. Did it straight. Now that's an exceptional story. So I, I, I do want to be super clear. I was like, Oh my God. Wow. Like that timing, but it does happen. It can happen.
1: Wow. Good. Where yeah, do you okay. go to find these people? Do you just like cold call people that like have been running a business for 30 years or do they actually sort of advertise that they maybe are for sale and things
0: uh, it's, it's everything, as I said, is a structure. So the best place to find these deals is through lawyers, uh, accountants, and wealth advisors or financial advisors, wealth managers, because usually the first person that someone will speak to when they want to sell a business is one of those professional services. So like, it's quite funny. I was, I was looking at a deal recently and the guy is 72 and he told his accountant before he told his wife. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny, but I can understand. He said, "I'm thinking I want to sell the business in the next six to twelve months." So, what I say to people is, build a good network with with accountants in your local area if you want to buy a business close to you. Um, there are websites out there that have businesses listed for sale. If you're in the US, um, there's a business. There's a website called Biz Buy Sell, and you can actually search on that website for businesses that actually are quite happy to do seller financing, deferred payments. There are heaps on there, like literally you know, thousands. And so, so the, the other thing I'll say is I've done 117 acquisitions in my career, right. And that's, that's over private equity as well. When I was working in private equity and not one of those deals was ever a hundred percent of the cash price of the business upfront ever. So what I'm, what I'm explaining to people here is actually how private equity like, again, it's one of those mm. mysterious things that people hear. But pri- that's how private equity do deals for years. No one puts all their own cash into buying something. So, so it sounds crazy if you've never heard it before, but it's just kind of how the, that sort of world of financing works.
1: Yeah, Nice.
0: There you go. So there you go. So that's that's what I've been. That's what I've been focusing a lot of my time on. So, yeah. <laughs> but there's um. But let's talk about your stuff as well. So you've got. So you're 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 kind of at the startup end, <laughs> a little bit different, but still entrepreneur entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And you've got um. So Syncify. You mentioned it beforehand. Um. What is it? So Syncify
1: is a. I'm getting a bit of echo on my line. I'm not sure. Let's try meeting. I'm meeting a second
0: you sound okay this side my um my sound guys will fix anything if need okay, well. you sound all right cool.
1: um yeah Syncify is a podcasting community platform where essentially it works like any other podcast app apart from you have like profiles and you can see the other users and make friends with your friends if they're on there and basically engage around the podcasts and the media that you you enjoy so instead of just listening in a completely siloed nature you can discover like the best content that your friends have enjoyed you can like recommend things to them you can sort of have discussions around the content and like actually talk about what was interesting and maybe like make some notes around like maybe this one where I was speaking about buying and selling businesses maybe you've got some other friends that you thought about doing that with and you haven't quite thought about it but like you could like talk about these things and It'd be really interesting, and maybe you've got some further follow up questions for you, Nick. And like, I could, I could put that on the episode notes, and you could respond to me, and I could actually connect with the podcast hosts. And it just makes a, a place for like active engagement around the media, as opposed to just um, siloed listening, which I just never found as fulfilling as it could be.
0: So sounds similar to Clubhouse. I mean, on, yeah. only, I, yeah. I, I tried something interesting the other day, and we'll obviously come back and talk a bit more about what you're building. But, um, I was doing live interviews on clubhouse that, and, and I did four actually, I did, um, Mario Nafal. So we we kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah, So Mario, Mario and I are actually, um, doing a podcast together very soon. Um, so it's going to be called, um, the round table and I'm going to be, we're going to be co-hosts, which is quite weird. (laughs) Yeah. um, That's
1: hilarious.
0: (laughs) It is hilarious, isn't it? I know we're, we're good friends now. Um, after meeting on clubhouse, strangely. And, um, But anyway, the the point was I interviewed him for Scale Up Your Business in Clubhouse uh, because of the way they've got restrictions on what you can record or not. You have to be very transparent. So Mm. I only had myself and Mario on stage and then I I stopped recording at the end and then invited, we had about 400 people in the room and I invited people up on stage. So the last half an hour of the show, if you want to call that, even though it wasn't recorded, was, was engagement based on the 30 minute interview that I did with Mario. Mm. And it was really good, Sam. I mean, it's like a, like a live, like being there live to hear the conversation, but then being able to interact. Is that that sort of what you're thinking about as well? Yeah, exactly. Um, Great example. I like it. (laughs) No, I I think just to make it real for people listening, because I I do think that the world of, of social media and me and social media platforms is moving more towards that. Mm. We know video and voice is, is, is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger but the idea that you can interact with, you know, the, the people who are having those conversations, I think is, is, is the next shift, whatever it is the next shift. Yeah,
1: definitely. And just, um, it's the whole thing around like, know, like influence is becoming much bigger, but it, like, it that is sort of part of your community. Those are the people that you do want to be engaging with. And there's, there's more and more capability like YouTube and podcasts for people to go mm, really really niche you get these very specific communities where people are like super engaged with very like it's not necessarily have like a huge audience but like they are really involved with these things and like if you can help these people then connect it's just like a much more interesting um place for them to be as opposed to like the whole traditional media where it was like okay tv show to millions of people it's like okay it's a podcast with like a few thousand listeners who like really engage on this one specific area and it's much more like enjoyable and like it's the place for you as a, as a listener. So yeah, I've got a lot of them. Um, well, obviously I'm pretty bullish on the area because I'm, <laughs> I'm putting a lot of time into it, but maybe my next project is buying someone else's business, but we'll see uh, for now. I, I really think. Uh, well,
0: you know, you, well, who knows, mate, it, this, this thing could take off for you and then it could end up being like, you know, your empire could come off the back of the startup mm. and then you're just going to buy other media platforms across the yeah. world.
1: And <laughs> so that's one of the things is in, even if this doesn't become like, billion dollar business straight away. It's just like the area it's in, there's so much potential to build other businesses upon. But I think it's just, um, I would look more around like actually using Syncify as a vehicle to acquire like other companies from within, if that makes sense, rather than doing it as like a does It does. It does. And, and
0: this is, it's a really good point because a lot of people think that when you start a business, your only pathway to growing that business is through you know your marketing activity, how you build awareness, engagement, how you you know drive leads, how you convert. But the strategic side of growth uh, is really two things: it's partnerships. So you know how can you, you know, even things like affiliates and things like that um and it's and it's acquisitions it's acquiring assets is probably the best way of saying that and what i often say it doesn't matter how big you are i, I actually have a couple of um, startups that i advise um currently that are just doing acquisitions before they've even really developed their core offering because they've managed to get funding to do that because they realize that that one plus one equals three or even one plus one equals 11 you know it's just a quicker way of getting to to what they're trying to achieve
1: yeah definitely uh, we did Actually, I mean, I have acquired one thing. Like, um, our company acquired basically the the CTO, and he had been building a similar app to us, and had like a lot more technical skills. So, we actually, Aqua hired him and his uh, skills, which um wasn't so difficult on the financing side. Um, of these things that's that's one of the reasons to do
0: acquisitions as well is you know you acquire not just you know customers revenue products you know that that another company may have you can acquire talent right Mm. and um and that's quite a cool way but i was going to ask you how's your experience you know been i mean how many how many businesses have you started sam is this the first one have you Uh, done quite quite a few now
1: yeah i started my first at uni when i was 20 and that one went quite well i grew it over four years and did manage to sell it uh If I sold it a year earlier, it would have been worth a lot more. I just sort of learned a lot of things in that process of <laughs> things going wrong in the last year.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, that That's happens, it? mate. <laughs> you should have called me up. I would yeah. have uh, given you a, a check at history of my my I've had a heap of failures in in, in well, I call them failures because they, did, they didn't end up how I wanted them to end up, but they weren't failures in terms of what I learned from them to apply down the line. Yeah,
1: sure right. Yeah, right. yeah exactly it's it was super useful and and that business I guess I had always had the attitude of um I'm a student like as long as I kind of make as much money as I would have spent like in a coffee shop or something that's already like totally winning to like have a business that's running and I still made like a lot of money out of it and like learned so much basically like I got like two degrees in one kind of thing doing it so that was great um but yeah, since then, I started a few different businesses. I worked in a few startups for a bit, kind of uh, treated them as like internships, basically. Uh, and that was really fun. Uh, some went quite well. Some like kind of failed. Some I just was like, realized that that just wasn't the thing for me. Um, so yeah, mix. I To put a number on it, I don't even know. I think at least 10 um, that I yeah, took bro, seriously, actually- maybe like... 30 that I'd like to say beforehand,
0: you know, well, it's funny, once you, once you start to explore entrepreneurship or the concept of entrepreneurship, it's hard to, it's hard to see anything else. You know how sometimes people talk about, remember the matrix, the whole red and the blue pill, (laughs) it's like, it's like, you know, why would I, you know, cap my earnings to travel on a train, you know, an hour every day, you know, each way (laughs) to go to a square box to sit there and try and do something. Yeah, I know people want certainty and security, but when you realize that you can have much more uh, control, if you like, or you can, you know, design kind of what you want your life to be like, even though you have to step on the other side of fear to, to do it, um, it's a much more liberating way of living, in my opinion.
1: Mm, definitely. it's. Uh, I, I kind of impacted my current business partner who he was still thinking that maybe like another four or five years before he went and started his own business but I was like no nah, this is this is the time Syncify is going to make sense you've got all the right skills to sort of do the growth side of this business and um he was a bit reluctant initially but now he's like I can never have a, a job again so i guess it's
0: not happening and no, exactly. Yeah. I think once you're in there and yeah. you realize that you can make a success of it, you know, whatever that, yeah, whatever that means, that changes it. Well, let, let's, um, why don't we talk, because we connected, I think, around mindset quite a lot. And we've touched a little bit on, I think, in various ways on our chat today. Why don't we spend a little bit more time on it um, to finish off our, our conversation for everyone? Because would I, make sense. <laughs> it would make sense considering your podcast is called, you know, the Growth Mindset Podcast and I started Scale Up Your Business when actually what I said is 80% of the podcast is mindset. <laughs> I just mm. don't have it written on the front of it. But um, just to talk about, you know, the importance of mindset overall and let, let's go to all the conversations you've had with some amazing people on your show. What are some of the things that you've taken away you know, to develop your understanding of mindset and I suppose your application of it.
1: I, have oh, learned so many different things. It's sort of, it's almost become a it's bit hard. too many. Uh, <laughs> I probably should just write down like my three favorites so uh, go-to answers, maybe perhaps. Uh, I definitely have really learned the power of um, communicating a lot more because I like I said, I I was scared of, like standing up in public speaking, but also I um I wasn't the most confident speaker in any kind of way, and I've really learned the value of I mean, one networking like through the podcast and, and learning from others, and that there's just so much, so many ways of thinking that you're not aware of, and that you just get so fixed in your own sort of mindsets of what you're capable of or how things should be. You're not even aware of like what your fixed mindsets are that you sort of take for granted and then having someone else sort of able to kind of show you these things is just so powerful. So I think I've become much more uh, confident in the power of like coaching. You just, it's listening to other people and that there's just so many mindsets that you're not even aware of that you're like limiting yourself in, in one way and that you really can just change. There's so many things that you maybe think you are just stuck with that like, if, yeah it's just so possible and like something that I've always been so much better at believing in other people of of how they can change and grow and like I always believe that people are fundamentally good and that they'll, they'll want to and I've always been available for them and, and helping to coach them and I just haven't necessarily recognized that in myself or like even when I'm starting businesses I kind of I'll focus on my own problems and like oh I'm not so good at this and on that and like I feel like I'm just sort of destined to be terrible at something but then talking to people you're like okay actually I can deal with that um but that's i feel like a bit of a uh, no i think that's yeah. really
0: powerful but, but there's a couple of things you said there which which i which i believe in 100 is most of the stuff that we achieve or don't achieve is based on our view of ourselves our identity mm. and if you have a limiting view of that in other words you know because there's, there's a thing i think it was carol dweck's book i think that's an yeah. online yeah. she talks about you know, a growth mindset um, versus a fixed mindset. Mm. And she speaks quite eloquently about that saying that if you've got a fixed or writes about she says if you've got a fixed mindset, you don't believe that you can improve. You believe that what you have is what you've got. You know, the, the idea that if something happens to you, then that's what it is like, you know, that's the whole victim piece. Whereas if you have a growth mindset, you believe that you can learn new things. You can try try different skills, become more proficient with practice over time, so it's a much more empowering thought or concept. You know, it happens to be true, of course, as well, because there's too many examples of it being true everywhere that we look. But it's a much more empowering way just to live, you know. Um, but a lot of people a lot of people struggle, I think, with with even the concepts.
1: Mm, definitely. And I think a lot of what I've learned from coaching and such is just getting people out of their own way, as in we have a lot of reinforce negative beliefs that we kind of fall into or maybe the people around us sort of breed in us as well and in like the, in the culture of things and most things is just sort of helping people realize where they're making mistakes or that they don't need to be doing things in certain ways and that you can basically just always change if you can get people to get out of their own way and, on things um, which it's quite empowering to sort of realize that you can do that for other people. And then realize that there's probably so many things that you're getting in your own way about that you don't need to be. And just sort of then trying to like step out and get other perspectives on what things you maybe are doing wrong, or just not allowing yourself to even think about in the same way I like was talking to you today around like how to buy and sell businesses, where I just kind of thought like, it's probably impossible and just should think about it. And like, okay, actually, yeah, that's a completely different way of perspective. I can look at this and, that has completely changed the way I I view that as a thing to do because it, it suddenly makes, it makes so much more sense. Now I've actually like bothered to like step out of my own limited beliefs on it.
0: Yeah, it's a good way of putting it because I mean, all I all I explained, you know, when we chatted twenty minutes ago was I gave you a process mm. um, from my experience of doing a lot of this and and a bit of education of how how it all works. So you're because this is because what you described is what a lot of people think, not just about buying businesses, but in general, but actually all, all that happened is you just, you just suddenly have had a better level of competency based on my experience of explaining the, the situation to you. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden your mindset has now shifted. Yeah. Cheers. So I just, I, it's an important thing just to draw a line on, not because we were talking about acquisitions, but just for anyone listening to this on either of our podcasts is just, just look at that example right? Because that's, that, that will be an example, I think that can be applied to a lot of people in terms of other situations that they're looking at.
1: Yeah, definitely. And cool. yeah, just learning, there's so many ways you can sort of go to solve your problems or like YouTube is a great the, um, resource.
0: <laughs> out of, out of all the, the the guests you've had on, is there one, one or two that just jump out as, you know, they, they made you think significantly differently. I know it's a hard question again, because I'm sure you get something out of every conversation. Yeah, definitely.
1: So one guy, Ryan Gottfriedson, he wrote a different book on mindsets called Success Mindsets, but he, um, he really comes from it from like a bit of a scientific approach. And he does a lot of coaching with businesses, but um, his books were great but he just really went like really, really deep into the different types of mindsets that you need to have to be a successful leader. And that episode was really good and been one of like the best performing ones that I've had. And um, I've had him on the show since then to talk about different ways that mindsets show up and things. So he was, he was like really great around um not just the growth mindset, but like, um, yeah, he was very specific around like the preve- promotion versus prevention mindset. And yeah, um, uh open versus closed mindset and things and just how you can like embody those as a as a leader and so it was a really good like how to like actually improve on those things and he gave a lot of like specific tips on doing them. Uh then another one was like another coach was Frank Dick who um was the head of the British athletics uh for GB um for like 12 years I think and he was also part of like the uh the rugby things and think he coached like Andre Agassi a bit and he just had he just like literally everything he said was basically like quotable. <laughs> he just
0: like endlessly I love that. Like, I love that and I hate yeah. that. Yeah. It's like I <laughs> think God, how how does someone learn that skill? <laughs> Definitely
1: As in if you just had him in your corner, like you just constantly be inspired. So he, he really had like a lot of good advice from all the different things he'd been through with um his years of being in like top level sports and then applying that to business as well. So he was really a fun interview. Um, and then a, this is that's going to sound a bit odd, but another one was a guy called Naun Kastuki who used to be a business coach. And then he kind of like gave it all up. He was doing really well and he just went to Costa Rica and um, kind of lived in the jungle, started a restaurant, which then became like the number one on the trip advisor restaurant in costa rica which is really cool but he's he's now becoming a woman and uh, he's just completely like wow. questioning <laughs> everything and it was just such a kind of mind-blowing episode to just think about like a reality and just it was just very very open to like what life could be or yeah he just had a lot of huge insights on other things besides your sexuality but also, it was just a really really fascinating oh, that's definitely
0: it's definitely the opposite of uh, of a fixed mindset yes
1: that's for sure
0: <laughs> that's about as open a mindset as you could possibly get yeah. you know yeah. not, nothing is fixed you can change anything definitely. if you choose to and
1: after talking to him i, I tried using grinder for a bit but it turns out i'm not gay but i i was like okay. I was well, <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit older than you. I think I'm probably a little bit more fixed in my way in that way, but um, Hey, listen, everyone to each their own. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, listen, let's, Um. so just to finish this up, what's, um, what's next for you, Sam, what's on the horizon with the podcast, with uh, the business, what's, uh, what, what are your plans?
1: So if you, I mean, I've been in podcasting for so long is that I have, I do really enjoy interviewing people but i've definitely been changing my format as i go along and i'm trying to kind of make it a bit more specific around what i'm enjoying as a listener and where i think the trends are going because there's just more and more people doing normal interviews and so one well, like these fireside chats are quite, are quite fun i'm still going to have like some of them but i want to do more series on specific things so like a, a series on how to change and like the different elements you need to do to like change yourself in these things or I'm actually going to start doing some things on like watching a movie and then going through the mindsets of the, uh, the characters within it and doing like a bit of a like a deep dive geeking out on like a famous movie that people know but like how the mindsets happen in, within them and just kind of those that's kind of all the content that I find people are engaging with and that I really enjoy lately and so just like more excuses to have fun on the podcast. And like, that's where my other podcast, which is worse than yesterday podcast, is me and a friend what, reading a book a week and we'll just pick a different series where we'll go through like this last one, we've just gone through the body and like just different, different elements. Like we don't a book on metabolism, a book on um, how to breathe, and, like, how to sleep, that kind of stuff. And just going a bit more in depth on things on my podcast. And then obviously just, uh, yeah, running the podcast app as well is, is the other main big thing haven't thought too far beyond that. I probably want to like write an album and do more like ultra running and this kind of stuff. But um yeah, maybe awesome. have, have a okay. bit of a break before starting another business. <laughs> but how about you? Yeah. How about you you're just gonna- oh, good. Well,
0: I'm going to, well, it's, the podcast is interesting just to sort of jump. I like what you said about making it kind of more about what, what you're interested in. I think the thing about podcasting these days is that you can do that, right? Like, you know, um I, I, I sort of talk about business a lot because of the name of the podcast, but oh. I'm also not, worried or afraid to not talk about that <laughs> so you know so i bring i bring people on the show who i just find interesting mm. and they can be in the water sport they can be musicians actors i had um a guy called dj irie who's the miami heat basketball teams like resident dj and we did a really great conversation about passion um there was a link back to business of course but it was more about how do you follow your passion how do you really dive into that from a confidence perspective um so so for me i'm gonna i'm gonna do similar sort of stuff. I'm trying to bring in a mix of interesting people and relatively high profile people, partly because I want to, um, have the opportunity to meet them. (laughs) So there's a selfish Mm. nature to that, Mm. but I also want to be able to ask them some pretty deep questions that fit the profile of how I do interviews. Um, not the not the bulk standard stuff right? That you kind of can hear anywhere. And I've had a couple of good experiences with that as well, which normally it's interesting because you get to open up some stuff. I had um, Jay Abraham, who's a pretty prolific business um, thinker uh, on the podcast quite recently. And uh, yeah, he's really good. He's very He loves this concept of going granular into things. He goes deeper than most people go into things. And that's where a lot of the magic lies. But um, what was cool about that is the interview was over an hour, but then he spent like another hour, maybe an hour and a half with me afterwards. And it was so good. It was, it was good because he enjoyed the interview. Right. But more importantly, it was like, it allowed me to kind of go a little bit deeper into how he thought about things and stuff. So I get my own coaching from some of these extremely successful people as part of being able to, you know, give back to people through the podcast anyway. So, so for me, it's, I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I'm doing more speaking now. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff in North America. I've got focus over there um partly off the back of clubhouse Mm. and then it's it's acquisitions you know um, we've got seven businesses at the moment another three coming uh and a whole i launched a whole heap of programs around acquisitions where i teach it but i also partner with other people who then go and source deals on my behalf so i've tried to turn that whole ecosystem into a bit of a machine in its own right so the rest of this year 2021 is going to be you know in those areas
1: wow that's
0: cool um but I would just like to understand like what's the
1: end goal for you is in you know, at what point is there a point where you're like going to be happy and sort of work less or is it you just love the process of buying and selling businesses and,
0: hell like, no working? Sam I'm not gonna stop yeah. <laughs> there isn't I, I put it this way um it, it probably sounds like I I work a lot but I don't really work much yeah. And I don't mean that like in some crazy, like, Oh, you know, cause I love what I do. I don't work a day of my life stuff. I mean, I, I leverage everything. So if I buy a business, I just have someone run it. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah. I look at the numbers, you know, on a weekly basis, I have a phone call on Mondays and sometimes on Mondays and Fridays and that's it. And so, so I have a lot of free time to do other stuff. Nice. So the, the end game, nice. the end game for me is I, I have, I, I love the concept of, of building an empire, a big portfolio of businesses. I like the idea of both income and impact making a bigger difference. I want to set up a foundation. We haven't, you know, we've got it on the plan. It just hasn't been scheduled because of all the other stuff we're doing, but we've got a a foundation around entrepreneurship uh, in developing countries that we want to do really around mentorship and being able to take entrepreneurial education. So the stuff that you and I would know is is how we do things, but it's not taught in schools. We want to be able to take that out to um, places where they're just not getting access to that type of thinking. Um, so we're, we're trying to, I've got a little bit of help with that, but I'm just trying to structure it at the moment. It's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> it's a, it's easier to buy a business than it is to try and set up a foundation like that, um, to do it well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the the end game. The end game is to, is to, you know, live in the UK, live in the U S portfolio of 20 to 30 businesses. Um, you know, have, have this in- income and impact thing worked out really, really well. Travel with my family, see everything I want to see run ultra marathons and just, just have a really fun life, <laughs> simple as that.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, good luck with all of that. And, um, yeah, I certainly have to help if, if I can <laughs> anyway. I mean, it seems like you kind of know what you're doing anyway.
0: But, um, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an old guy, mate. Remember, I'm like you know, 47 this year, so I've, I've been around the world a bit, so now I'm good. And if the one thing I find is like as I've got older, not that's not that I'm old, but as I've got older, I've become more a clearer in, in everything. Right. So I don't, I don't have any, like, I don't have the shiny object stuff going on or any of that stuff. And like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I like doing. I know who I like hanging out with. I'm very, 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 um, uh, precious with my time. So, you know, I, I'm very, I I don't waste time. (laughs) You know, I'm like, boom, everything, everything is like, and then, and that's something that's just like how I like to live. It makes me feel that that to me is freedom.
1: Yeah nice yeah something i've been looking at recently is like just ways to kind of give myself more time i was like decided to take myself a bit more seriously just give myself a bit more of a budget of myself like okay how can i be more content it's just by spending more money and most of that is just going towards ways that to i like just give myself more time to do the other things that i enjoy and Right. Yeah. That's, and that is, and that's,
0: yeah. Good leverage, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I, I I only, I only like, it doesn't always work like this, but it works mostly like this is I like to spend time doing things that I'm either good at or I love doing. Mm -hmm. And then I outsource everything else.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, you're the person that like hooked me up with uh, the first like outsourcing agency. And um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. That was that conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go, mate. That was a while ago. (laughs) Yeah
0: cool well listen um that's it we've been speaking for a good hour hopefully everyone's got some interesting this is a fireside chat I told you it's informal everybody on (laughs) but i think you know what we covered some quite interesting stuff which i thought we would um that will be useful for anyone who's on their journey be that their entrepreneurial their business journey their life journey so thanks for coming on the show sam it's been some time in the planning but it's great to find a chance to do it there you go cool cool well listen thank you very much mate all the best with everything and uh yeah catch up again soon yeah definitely sure thanks a lot nick and there you have it another episode of scale up your business thank you very much for listening and if you haven't yet please leave a review on apple Podcasts. it really does help the show become even better and while you're there make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.